wish I could say something that was classy and inspirational, but that just wouldn't be our style. Yeah, I'd like to hear it. SportsTownChicago.com. Lombard, part of the P on Air Network and available on the TuneIn app. Hell yeah. Broadcast home for your Windy City Bulls and the Chicago Dogs. We're in a league of our own. Now, here's your SportsTownChicago.com scoreboard update. At 3 o'clock, I'm AJ Freeze with your SportstownChicago.com update, powered by the Illinois Media School. If interested in a career in media, go to BeOnAir.com. In a cold and dreary day, the White Sox took their first game of the Crosstown Cup with the Cubs, final score of 3-1. Sox scored two early in the second and capped it off in the third inning with Tim Anderson hitting his fourth homer of the season. In the air to right field, Suzuki back at the track. This one is gone! Tim Anderson, first pitch hunting. And that was Jason Benetti, NBC Sports Chicago, giving us the call. Michael Kopech had a strong outing after he went four shutout innings, giving up four hits, two walks, and striking out five. Liam Hendricks came in the ninth and delivered another perfect 1-2-3 inning save for his sixth save of the season. Cubs had Drew Smiley scratched before the game, so it was a bullpen day. The second and final game of this short two-game series began in, begins in Wrigley tonight. First pitch is scheduled for 6.40. Lucas Giolito is scheduled to face off against Kyle Hendricks. In NBA playoff news, Celtics even up the series with the Bucks at 1-1. One one. Final score of 109-86. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown combined for 59 points. John Morant made a statement that he's ready to play after dropping 47 points in the win over the Warriors. Final score 106-101. Grizzlies evened up the series also at one apiece. Tonight, Game 2 of James Harden and the 76ers will be playing Jimmy Butler in the Heat at 6.30 on TNT. Heat lead the series 1-0, and as well as Devin Booker and the Suns will be looking to face the Luka Doncic and the Mavs and take a 2-0 series lead at 9 o'clock on TNT. This has been your SportstownChicago.com update, powered by the Illinois Media School. If you're interested in a career in media, go to BeOnAir.com. Welcome back to the Go Ahead. I'm AJ Freeze. And I'm Will Shoemaker. And we're talking about the NBA playoffs that recently just happened and that are going on right now. Uh, Will, what are your thoughts on uh, that the Grizzlies game from last night? Uh, Grizzlies game last night, I was actually able to watch a lot of it at work. And it went down to the wire. I thought the uh, Warriors were going to pull away uh, towards the end there in the second half. And then John Morant and the Grizzlies just went on a tear. Yeah, I actually had an awesome bet that won last night. It was at plus 550 that I took Jordan Poole over 19 and a half points. He finished with 20. I actually don't remember exactly how much Ja finished with. How many did he finish with? Uh, 40, 46, something like that. Anyway, I had Ja over 27 and a half, and I had the Grizzlies money line as a three-leg parlay, plus 550, 20 to win 130. Yeah, you mentioned that 46 for Jai was actually 47, but on 15 for 31 shooting and then 12 for 13 from the free throw line. Yeah. So lights out. Yeah, that was it was Statement a really game. yeah, I mean it was incredible. It was a quite the performance and um I mean, obviously I took that bet because I believed that the Grizzlies had a chance in that game. It was their last home game. If they wanted any chance in this in this series, they had to win that game. Um and of course, I, I believe that John Moran had to put that team on their back. I just didn't expect them to put forty plus on them. I, I was feeling pretty good about over twenty seven. You know, that's why. No, I took yeah, it. that's that's definitely something we both can see for John Morant, considering what he was able to do in the regular season, and then what they need from him in the playoffs this year. You're definitely expecting him to drop twenty seven, at least thirty. But um, in that series overall, AJ, who are you going to take? Um, well, I, I think honestly it's going to go pretty deep. Golden State definitely has the upper hand, and I wouldn't be surprised if they win. But I think Memphis does have a chance in this series. Um, it's always going to be tough, and depending on what happens with uh, Draymond in these games, you know he's already got thrown out in Game One, so there's a chance that he can get another uh, foul. Uh, you know, uh, get fouled out, flagrants. You know he. If he's playing in those games, you know he's a ticking time bomb. Yeah. bomb sometimes with his style of play and then his just aggression. And it's it, it changes the series if he's out in any of those oh, games. If, you know, getting tossed early or getting a suspension. So you know, just got to keep himself a little bit cooler there. Uh, something else that happened in that game though, at the beginning of the game, Dylan Brooks uh, with that hard hard foul and uh, on Gary Payton and he fractured his elbow from it and. Uh, 
Yeah, it wasn't a pretty scene. Uh, he got a flagrant two and was ejected from the game. Will, did you see it, or do you have any thoughts on it? Uh, yeah, I was able to watch that play, and it was really bad. Um, looking at the injury and huge player, obviously, that's going to be out now defensively for uh, Golden State. And then just how late the foul was, that's why it got called, and that's why he's receiving so much uh, criticism. I so do think you think dirty you, play? Yeah, you sure. think it was dirty? Yeah, definitely. What, where are you on this? Yeah, it was. Pre- I mean, you can't go after his head like that. I mean, it, his head wasn't the thing that got hurt, but it, it was an infect affected by you smashing him in the head, and it was. Yeah, it was. I know it's the playoffs. It's supposed to be hard. It's supposed to be physical, but can't be taking guys out like that. No, yeah, like a rough foul to stop a guy from scoring. Sure, but like when it's that late. He's already gone up. He's on his way down. When somebody's already on their way down, that's kind of like known as like a red flag to like, hey, keep off. Somebody's going to get hurt here. We've had bad injuries in the past when guys have gone after people on their way down. So I don't know. Overall, definitely a dirty play. But like you said, heat of the moment, playoff game, you're not really like considering, oh, is he going to get hurt on this play? I'm just trying to stop them from scoring. Yeah, so um, we also have the audio then from Steve Kerr talking about it after the game, uh, talking about his opinion and what he thought about the play. Well, listen here. Well, I don't know if it was intentional, but it, it, it was dirty. And um, <clears throat> But there's a code in this league. A guy comes in and whacks him across the head in midair. He broke the code. Dylan Brooks broke the code. That's how I see it. I have to agree with Coach. He smashed him in the head and got injured from it. You crossed the line. Seriously, I don't know if they're going to suspend him or what, but, I mean, it was pretty brutal. I mean, he got ejected. That was part of it. He didn't play that game. They still won, but I still think he deserves some sort of punishment, honestly. No, I agree. With it being the playoffs, it's hard to just throw out suspensions and things of that nature. Like, the last time we saw that was, what, the 2016 playoffs with Draymond, and it took him doing something in the Western Conference yes. Finals, and then he had to do it again in the Finals in order for him to get suspended even though what he did in the Western Conference Finals, kicking someone in the, that area. You know. All right, so uh, my, uh, in this series, hypothetical question then, if the Grizzlies to, were to win this series against Golden State at the go-ahead one on Twitter, do you think the Grizzlies have a shot at the title if they beat Golden State? Your answer, AJ? I'm curious. I think, I think Phoenix is too good. Same answer here, yeah. baby. I've got Phoenix going to the chip. It's tough, so. though, because Golden State is, like, really, really good. And if they're able to take down Golden State, at least some eyes will turn, you know, like some heads. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So uh, the only way I think that Golden State can make it, you know, I'm, I, there's no way Golden State, mem- I, I just, it, I think it's their, I, th- I just think it's Phoenix. Phoenix has proven they've got the team. I don't know. It's Phoenix for me, too. For sure. Yeah, Chris Paul is a game changer for those good teams. I really hope he can actually win a title this year. So, actually speaking about Phoenix, then, well, um, how many games do you think this even goes? Uh, Luka put on a show in game one, and it just wasn't enough. There's not enough help for Luka Doncic to win these games. Uh, so, how many how many games do you think it takes for Phoenix to... Five. Phoenix and five? Yeah, I think Phoenix, Phoenix is going to take game two at home, and then Luka is going to have another crazy performance when he gets back home into Dallas. He'll put on a show one of those nights. He'll put on a show both nights, but one of those nights he'll just go crazy. The team will go ride behind him, and they'll get a game. But I don't think it's any further than that. Gentleman sweep. How about you, AJ? I, I, I do like uh, a gentleman sweep, but I feel like Luka is still going to put up a 40-point game in here, and he's going to get some help, and I think he might do it more than once. Okay. Um, so I'm going to go six, Phoenix and six. I respect that. Um, all right, so that's it for the Western Conference. A um, little bit split there on that Golden State-Memphis. I really think it's a, a pretty close. Definitely close, yeah. Um, we'll see. It could be a blowout, though. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Golden State won every game from here on out. I would be shocked if Memphis won from here on out, but I still think it's a close series. Anyway, uh, on to the Eastern Con- uh, Eastern Conference semifinals. Uh, Philly and Miami, the Heat and... Uh, Philly are playing again tonight for their game two. The Heat are already up 1-0. Uh, Embiid fractured his face. <laughs> yeah, another Embiid so, injury and a weird one here. Yeah, I mean that's nobody's fault really. Again, the, the playoffs, no, I'm not blaming him. Playoffs but it's are just intense, a freak, you know. Freak, freak injury. 
Yeah, so um, well, how are you feeling about that series in general? Does James Harden have a chance in this series at all? Um, so for me personally, in this series, it's it's interesting to say the least. You know, um, James Harden did not perform well at all in Game One. He just wasn't scoring. He was able to facilitate to an extent, but he didn't shoot the ball very much. And when he did, he wasn't shooting well. He totaled, totaled like sixteen points. My answer is no. I'd say yeah, no. Six I mean, what max. what has James Harden done? Ever in the, in the playoffs. playoffs. Nothing. Ever. Nothing. I mean, like, there's there's no reason to, to tell me that all of a sudden James Harden is going to go off and go for a championship. I've watched his whole career. He's never done anything in the playoffs. Uh, this would have been the team of all the teams he's been on so far, outside of Brooklyn if they were healthy. This is the team that would have won a championship for James Harden if Joel Embiid was healthy. I believe that. I think Miami's going to win this series. I, I, have, I do agree. I have no I have no idea in how many games. I, I couldn't tell you. Anyway. Yeah, it's going to be weird with the amount of games just because they're still a good roster. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah, it's not, it's not a terrible team. Uh, I mean, Philly definitely has a chance to compete in this series. I don't think they're going to win, though. Um, so... Then let's move on here to the last series that's still going on that just happened was a really weird one that game one, Milwaukee came out on fire and then game two, Boston came out on fire and they were shooting like 70% in the first quarter. Yeah. So after game one, I was saying, oh, Bucks have this series tied up. And then game two, um, we saw Boston go off 59 points between, uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and they both shot the ball very well from the field. So this series is definitely, I feel like for the Eastern Conference, this one's more competitive. I don't know if you'd agree with me there, AJ. I feel uh, like uh, this. I think this is the the most competitive series out of all of them. If not, it would be Golden State and Memphis. Golden State, a, Memphis. Yeah. There's a lot of people though that are not on us so much that Memphis is a good enough team to compete with Golden State. There's a lot of people who are like Golden State walks all over this team. I don't think that's really the case. and I just I, think there's really good chemistry. I agree with you, AJ. Good chemistry. And then Ja Morant and a lot of really good, like, three number three scores that just do their job well. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a really good mesh. They they play together. They won a lot of games without Ja. And when Ja scored, yeah, weren't they 40, like 22 and 2 without him or something like something, that? Something crazy. Um, But there's a lot of people who aren't on our sides of that. And, um, a lot of people would then say that Milwaukee and Boston is the best series, which I can't complain either. I think it's a very fantastic, really good series. And uh, as I said in my update, Tatum and Brown scored 59 combined yep. points, 29 for Tatum and 30 for Brown. Yep. Yeah. No, it was snapped. If if that's how they're go- they need to do that to win games, honestly. All right, so we got two minutes left. What do you think about the title chances? Who who are you giving? Who's your finals matchup? So for me, the finals matchup this year is going to be the Miami Heat versus the Phoenix Suns. We were talking about the Western Conference and how, how the Suns did it last year. They've got Chris Paul with Devin Booker and then DeAndre Ayton down low. And then just how deep that roster is. And then for the Eastern Conference, with Joel Embiid being out, I think that they're going to have a, not an easy series, but I'd say five, maybe six games where I see that celtics Bucks series being a little bit of a longer, more strenuous back-and-forth series. And I feel like Miami will have a little bit more rest days, and they've got the experience as well making it to the finals. I have one more question besides that also. In the first round, no games went to Game 7. Do we have any Game 7s in Round 2 of the NBA playoffs? I'm going to give my answer, and then I'd like to know what you think, AJ. Uh, so for me, it's going to be yes, and it's going to be the Bucks celtics believe it or not. Uh, I know both games so far have been blowouts, but I feel like the teams are kind of sizing each other up, and it's just going to be a back-and-forth series with the scoring that both teams have. I'm going to go yes, and it's going to be either or Golden State or the Milwaukee series, either or. And my championship matchup, I'm going to go with uh, a rematch of Phoenix and Milwaukee, but I think if Milwaukee loses, I'm going to have it uh, Phoenix and Boston. Okay. So whoever wins that Milwaukee-Boston series, I think, is going to go all the way. So you think I do Boston think, takes Miami, though? Um, I do think. Yeah, I think so. I think okay. whoever I think whoever wins that um, 
that series is probably going to go to the championship. But that's just, you know, that's my personal opinion. And Fair we'll, enough. We'll, we'll see when it comes closer. But, yeah, that'll wrap it up for us here on our NBA segment. And next we're going to be talking about the Cubs. And are these the Cubs that we should be expecting for the rest of the season? Stay tuned. We'll be talking about it more. This is your home for sports. SportsTownChicago.com Joe's Hot Dogs has been around since 1953, but I promise it's not old news. You don't have to like hot dogs to like Joe's on Plainfield Road in Joliet. Italian beef, hot dogs, shakes and sides. My family's had a relationship with Joe's Hot Dogs for three generations. Golden fries with a tad bit of salt and the perfect amount of crunch come in a bag as big as your hand. And that's just small. For more on the menu, visit joeshotdogsjoliet.com. Bringing that classic Chicago flavor to the suburbs. That's Joe's Hot Dogs across from CVS on Plainfield Road in Joliet. At the football game, Jim shows the telltale signs of being wasted. He starts flexing for the camera. He refers to his muscles as gunboats. He screams, how's this for a halftime show? Jim streaks the field. It's easy to tell if you've had way too many to drive. But what if you've had just one too many to drive? Never underestimate just a few. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, the Ad Council, and this station. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and Windy City News Radio. The Illinois Center for Broadcasting is now the Illinois Media School. We've been an institution in the Chicagoland area now for 30 years. Because the broadcasting world is always changing, so are we. Not only are we teaching radio and television production, but now you can learn all aspects of the media industry, like web design. You can even specialize in TV or film, sports broadcasting, and even sales. No matter where you are in the Chicagoland area, we have a campus near you. The Illinois Media School. Be on TV, be on radio, be on air.com. That was money. Tell me that wasn't money. Yo, yo, yo. Check us out. We are the go-to guys. I'm your boy, Space. I'm your boy, MC. Check us out every Thursday from 4 to 5 p.m. We spitting all facts, all sports, all day. Yes, sir. Who else are you going to go to in the clutch? Lillard, long range three. And it's good! Keeping you up to date with all the latest sports news. We are the go-to guys. Where else are you going to get all your sports news from? You know. SportstownChicago.com. Here's a drive to deep right. That ball is crushed. Look out in the Allegheny. And Kyle Schwarber, the rookie, with a two-run jack. Here comes the 2-2. Two -two. In the air, this should do it. Jason Hayward makes a catch. It's a no-hitter. Jake Arrieta has done it again. Silver stands and makes it. Cubs will take the lead. Seven to six in the tenth. This is going to be a tough play. Welcome back to the go ahead. I'm AJ Freeze. And I'm Will Shoemaker. And that audio from our intro there was brought to you by Marquee and 670 The Score. And now, so we're talking Cubs baseball. And uh, Cubs and Sox are actually playing right now, or they're playing today, uh, later tonight. Yes, they played yesterday, and uh, the Sox won with a final score of 3 to 1. Uh, we'll get more into that towards the end of this segment at the start of the Cub, uh, the Sox segment as well. Uh, but first off, let's talk about some of the Cubs players in general. And um, <clears throat> former White Sox himself, Nick Madrigal. And uh, I, I just heard the joke earlier this week, actually, that somebody said uh, he's no longer Nicky two strikes. He's Nicky three strikes. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I don't really understand how that's happened for him. I guess, I you know, it's an early sample size, man. It's only been 65 at-bats. No, yeah, but, like, I get that, sure. That's fair, but, like, you, I, I don't know. You had the entire college career where, like, huge guy to get on base, big on base percentage, didn't swing and miss very often, and then his entire career in Chicago, whether it had been a small sample size, 
that entire time. Didn't really swing and miss much, so I don't know. Um, he his batting average on O two um, when he was on the Sox, and his first season he was at like three eighty. The second season he was at like three twenty, and this season for the Cubs he's at like one fifty. Small sample, but yeah, it's yeah. In, it's interesting. Yeah, even one of my uh, buddies at work, he's a dual White Sox Cubs fan, but he's definitely happy that the Cubs got Nick Madrigal. Mm-hmm. Because the White Sox can still be good, and then the Cubs can have somebody for their future. You know what I mean? Yep. So like, it's a win-win for him. But he said uh, recently he was big on Madrigal when the trade happened, but um, now he's a little bit turned off. It's early, but it's understandable too. Well, you know when his production isn't there, and Cody Hoyer has his major arm surgery. Uh, yeah, it definitely turned some some heads. That like, whoa, like what happened? You know, like uh. This this trade looked real solid for us, you know. They that well, not for us for the Cubs Cubs fans. I was, I was actually saying yeah, yes, Cubs. but as as a Cubs fan, you're thinking, okay, this is a good trade for the team. Uh, Kimbrel just went. The Cubs didn't need Kimbrel anymore, and they got two solid prospects for him. Well, now one prospect went down with injury, and the the other prospect came back from an injury and has not performed. So. <laughs> Yeah, you have some concern right away because that was a pretty big deal trading away Kimbrel, especially to the south side. Definitely, it was a big deal at the time. Uh, is it a little bit less of a big deal if Madrigal doesn't completely pan out, considering he didn't turn out to win the White Sox a World Series or be huge for them in the playoffs or in the regular season last year, and the fact that they already moved on from him? Yeah, I mean, it kind of takes away from. Like, obviously, you still want Madrigal to pan out because he was supposed to be a big piece if you gave away Kimbrel for him. But I don't know. There's still definitely out a, lot, a lot of time. Give him another month. Give him May. Another 100 at-bats or so. Um, now, an, another player, I'm looking at his stats right now. I'm looking at Seiya Suzuki, and uh, he he has actually fallen off pretty, pretty hard. Um, yeah, I've been seeing people say, and this is a bold take, but the rookie woes of kind of getting figured out after a good month or whatever. Well, you know, a, a lot of people are talking about that he is, he's not using like the technology or like help from people. He's like, I want to figure it out on my own. I can do it. And you he's know, not like, using like the scouting department. He like sort of is. It's like, he's not using video or like okay. any, any, like he he's trying to do it on his own, like read pitches and like, talk to himself about it and at first everybody was okay with it because he was doing fine and well now um his batting average is all the way down to 260 now and and it was up there at the top uh, i mean literally on april april 23rd it was 372 so he has in total one three four four hits in his last nine games yeah, it's bad. So it's like twenty some odd at bats, four hits. I think I think even more. I think it's probably I think he's probably four for his last thirty, something like that. Then so it's not a good look. Yeah, uh, it, it it's interesting to see their struggles, and as well as somebody else who has been um, interesting. He's been on and off, uh, but is Patrick Wisdom? He hasn't necessarily been struggling. He's batting two thirty, um, but you know the hits are coming here and there. He. Started off really slow in the first two weeks. Then he had a strong two weeks. And now last game against the White Sox went 0 for 4 with three strikeouts. So it's interesting. You don't know really what to expect from him. He's only, for his career, in 490 at-bats. He's a 229 career hitter. So pretty much you only have to be banking on wisdom to have the home runs. But yet another Cub player who is struggling for them offensively at this time. Yeah, for Wisdom, he's been able to kind of be that guy, middle lineup, bring in the runs that the Cubs need with those 14 run, runs batted in and leading the team in home runs as well. But outside of that, you're definitely right. You can't expect him to have the kind of breakout months he had in that second half. You can expect him to be a guy who can drive the ball. All of those guys need to turn it up if the if the Cubs are going to be a competitive team. And just competitive meaning... Winning ball games, being five hundred, you can't be. If those guys are going to struggle, they're going to be bottom tier. Especially, you know, Saya, who's that middle of the lineup best hitter for them. If he's no no better than a Patrick Wisdom type of player, then yeah, they're in trouble. 
Um, anyway, uh, I'm going to move on to the next part here of uh, some of the Cubs stuff that we're talking about. And I wanted to bring up a question for you and for our Twitter Twitter followers. At the go-ahead one, who do you think will finish as the number one for the pitching rotation? Stroman versus Hendricks. Go ahead, Will. Start out. This is really difficult for me. I'm looking forward to hear what you have to say here, AJ. Uh, but I'm going to go Stroman. And that's just because I understand that neither of them have had a great start to the season. But if either one of them is to figure it out, I feel like it's going to be Stroman. And once he figures it out, I feel like he'll run with it. So then do you think um, whoever finishes like at the top I guess whoever has a better season will finish at the top. Do you think they'll have him pitch opening day next year, Stroman, if he finishes like a way better year? Well, not way better. You know, like let's say Stroman's a three and Hendricks is a 3.5. Do you think they give uh, Hendricks opening day next year still? I feel like if they're both in that good to great ERA range, like the three to 3.5, I think it goes to Hendricks still because he's the Cubs guy. But if you have a difference of that point five ERA and it's like, oh, Stroman's got a 3.8 and Hendricks has a 4.3 or a 4.5, then it's a question of you can't have him out there opening. So I, I will also say that I think Stroman is going to end up finishing at the top of this rotation and the opening day pitcher next year. And, you know, the, the last two games for Stroman uh, were against Atlanta and Milwaukee. So when he played Milwaukee, he threw six innings Gave up two runs, three strikeouts, no walks. And his next start, he played Milwaukee and went seven innings, shut out, only giving up two hits, one walk with five strikeouts. So those last two starts, 13 innings combined, is only given up two runs. So he's on, a, he's on a bit of a hot stretch now after those first three pretty brutal starts. And this is the Marcus Stroman that uh, the Cubs fans will know and love. Yeah, I do agree. Uh, coming from a little bit of a National League New York Mets guy, he was awesome for the Mets last year, especially in the first half, really tore it up. Happy that he got that contract for the Cubs, and I definitely agree. He's the guy who I think will end up the number one, and that's why he got that big contract money. I, I think Hendricks is going to have like a, a, a four ERA this year. I think he's going to have his bad games, and he's going to have his good games. When he has that changeup working, he's a dominant, dominant pitcher. And, you know, he's a ground ball guy. It, it, it works when, when it's moving. Um, but when he's not doesn't have the command or even the change up with himself that day, he will get hit around pretty good. So he'll have his bad starts. It'll affect his ERA a little bit, but he'll have some great, fantastic starts in there. You know, Hendricks has it in him. We've seen it plenty of times over his career. I definitely agree with you there, AJ. Yeah, for Hendricks, it's just like you said, a matter of like what that change up's doing because like. He's already had four home runs given up this season, mm -hmm. and we're in one month into the year. You know what I mean? So, like, that's kind of big. You know, outside of that, though, Hendricks, you can still get those great games out of him. He's the professor for a reason. So what was it like watching these uh, Cubs uh, play the Sox yesterday? We'll, we'll talk about it for a little bit here before our update. Um, but, yeah, what, what do you think about the first game of the Cubs-Sox yesterday? Really great first game for the White Sox. I look forward to the next couple years of Michael Kopech versus Seiya Suzuki. If both those guys pan out, that can be one of the best pitchers and one of the best hitters in both of their leagues. Uh, but overall, great game for the White Sox. Kopech looked awesome. I wish that the rain wasn't doing what it did and how it affected Michael Kopech's start last night. Uh, but he was still able to get out four innings with five strikeouts, and he's looked amazing this year with a sub-two earned or an average. You'd just like to see him start pitching more than 70 uh, pitches because once he gets to 70, it's like Tony's running out there to get him out. Yeah, no, uh, for sure. Um, the Cubs had a, a kind of a rough day yesterday based on uh, Drew Smiley getting scratched. Um, yeah, well, Drew Smiley got scratched, so it was a bullpen day for them yesterday. So it was kind of a little bit uh, wishy-washy and uh, – it was cold that day, so it was really tough for the offenses to get going. It was pretty brutal, windy, rainy. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll talk more about it now onto the White Sox side coming up forward. But first, we're going to have our sports update by uh, Will here, and then uh, we'll, we'll be back. Um, but did Dylan C spark the, spark the light for the White Sox going forward? 
Yes, he did. We'll get in that into that very soon. Back to your home for sports. SportsTownChicago.com. Scoreboard update. At 3 o'clock, I'm Will Shoemaker with your SportsTownChicago.com update. Powered by the Illinois Media School. If interested in a career in media, go to BeOnAir.com. To open this week for the Chicago White Sox, Dylan Cease threw seven scoreless innings with 11 strikeouts in the 3-0 series splitting victory. The Sox followed that up last night as they opened up the Crosstown Cup at Wrigley Field with Michael Kopech on the mound. Kopech threw four scoreless innings, striking out five. On the offensive end, the White Sox scored two early in the second inning and Tim Anderson capped it off with a solo shot in the fourth inning. Capped it off with his fourth home run of the season. Liam came in and had a solid 1-2-3 inning with a strikeout for his sixth save of this year. The Chicago White Sox won 3-1 and looked to keep heating up with Giolito on the bump tonight. The Chicago Cubs had a bullpen day yesterday against the Chicago White Sox. Drew Smiley was scratched from his start. The end of his short this short series at Wrigley ends tonight at 6.40. The Cubs look to bounce back as Kyle Hendricks will face off with Lucas Giolito. In NBA playoff news, the Bucks dropped Game 2 to the Boston Celtics as Boston ties the series 1-1. Final score of 109-86. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum combined for 59 points to lead Boston to the huge victory. John Morant had a huge uh, performance for the Grizzlies as he dropped 47 points in the win over the Warriors with a final score of 106-101. to Former Bull and uh, Warrior head coach Steve Kerr spoke on the controversial fragrant two foul and ejection. He broke the code. The Grizzlies evened up the series 1-1. Tonight, James Harden and the 76ers look to bounce back in Game 2 as they face off with Jimmy Buckets and the Miami Heat tonight at 6.30 on TNT. The Heat look to take a 2-0 series lead. Devin Booker and the Suns look to take control of their series as they face off with Luka and the Mavs at 9 on TNT. This has been your SportsTownChicago.com update brought to you by the Illinois Media School. If you're interested in a career in media, go to BeOnAir.com. This is your home for sports. Red Lock! SportsTownChicago.com. Take that exit and get to the Southern Cafe, home of the nasty biscuit on Roselle Road in Roselle. Get over there and try the chicken fried chicken biscuit made with the Southern Cafe's house-made drop biscuit with buttermilk chicken fried chicken smothered in country gravy, topped with shredded cheddar and crumbled hickory smoked bacon. I always say that when you go to the Southern Cafe, you come out with two meals with the heaping amounts of food they serve you in every meal. I love to go to a place with outdoor seating. The Southern Cafe has a great outdoor seating area to help social distance, and I get to enjoy my breakfast outdoors. Open 6.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. to give you plenty of time to grab an amazing breakfast or lunch. Now get your butt over to the Southern Cafe on Roselle Road. Hello? It's speed walking day. Dorothy, you're breaking up. Did I mention we'd be slowing down when we pass the court where those fine brothers play ball? I heard that. Reduce your risk of cancer, diabetes, heart disease, and stroke. Get active, eat right, and maybe even run into Mr. Right. Isn't sisterhood beautiful? For more information, go to everydaychoices.org. Brought to you by the American Cancer Society, the American Diabetes Association, the American Heart Association, the Ad Council, and this station. Alert! Alert! Be gone, maxed out credit cards, overdue loans, suffocating interest rates, and relentless collection agencies. If your credit rating is making you and others around you cringe, there's only one thing to do, and that's to turn to the professionals at Creative Credit Solutions. Even if your credit is less than perfect, we'll help you get back on track. You can do it, and we can help. Call today or visit creativecreditsolutions.net for your free credit check report. Blow the whistle on SportstownChicago.com. Mondays and Fridays from 2 to 3 p.m. as we talk NFL. The game plan was really sound. In the quarterback league, it, it happened, it still is. Franchise-defining quarterbacks. College football. Will Jim Harbaugh make it through the season as Michigan's head coach? Some more Big Ten talk. And here's some things you wouldn't expect. I would have never expected that. Get all of that and more on Blow the Whistle on SportstownChicago.com. Go! 
Welcome back to the Go Ahead. I'm AJ Freeze. And I'm Will Shoemaker. And this is NBC Sports Chicago ESPN 1000 giving us the call of all of those uh, little intros there for the White Sox. So thank you guys. Um, talking about the White Sox now, as uh, we just talked about it on the Cubs side, that they beat the Cubs 3-1. to one. Um, How about the good things from the good guys, huh? Uh, awesome performance overall for the White Sox. I mean, 3-1 win after the White Sox won 3-0 in their last game. And uh, overall, uh, awesome performance. Offense hasn't been amazing to start the season. A little bit concerning. Tim, Tim Anderson again off to a hot start. And then we're really seeing uh, Andrew Vaughn turn it on. So you were just speaking of like the White Sox offense being concerning. My question to you and for us on Twitter, what month or time period when do you actually worry about the White Sox performing? Like, what? when do you hit the panic button? Have you already hit it? Do you hit it in June? Do you hit it in July? Do you hit it now? Like, You hit it in July, and here's why. Last season, when did we see the biggest offensive explosions for the White Sox overall? I mean, yeah, like in the middle of summer, pretty much, yeah. No, I, yeah, I, yeah, exactly. Like, August, especially for Jose Abreu, one of the best months in baseball history for a White Sox player. Absolutely tore it up. But, uh, no, overall... A lot of those Cuban guys are used to that kind of weather, and they perform better once that comes around. We haven't seen Yohan Moncada yet, who's a huge offensive piece for the White Sox, a guy who drives in consistently 70-some-odd runs, 20 home runs on a, in a good year. You know, I'm I'm not too concerned. I'm not and really, I yeah. and I won't be concerned probably until at least June. I'll give it this whole month for sure. Um but I, I think it's pretty hard to gauge baseball, especially at the start of the season. Anything can happen. It's a very, very, very long season. Please remember that. It is a long season. They have a lot of ways to go before they even get there. And uh, some more injuries will probably happen, in full honesty. It's just the game of baseball. It's how it is because they play so long. But the White Sox will figure their way around it just the way that they did last year. Um, so... Have no concern. The pitching has been excellent. The pitching is what really is going to guide this team. The offense is incredible, and we know that. We haven't seen it yet from the White Sox, but that pitching is really is what's going to guide that trip. That bullpen, that that starting rotation, that's that is what's going to win ball games. No, yeah, I hundred percent agree with you, AJ. That bullpen so far this season has looked amazing. Kendall Graveman's Graveman's been awesome to watch, and then outside of a bad start to the season in like his first game or two. With a blowout, uh, a blow-up start. I mean, not start, but performance. Uh, Liam Hendricks has looked great, having six saves yeah, so I'm, far this year. I'm, I'm glad to see what we've seen recently. Back-to-back, um, perfect one, two, three inning saves. So that's really great for his stats. And as well as um, in that Angels game, he struck out the side to finish that game. So, yeah, that was huge. Yeah, huge. He, he's, he's back, ladies and gentlemen. The reigning closer of the year. All you people who were freaking out, relax. Relax. That's a trigger for me, people who freak out about Liam Hendricks, dude. They're, uh, they're always there. I was, you know, at a game. You know, I went to a lot of games. I went to actually seven in the month of April for the White Sox. And um, when I was there last time, it was, you know, recently after one of Liam's struggles. And uh, it was the the game that Graveman had a two-inning save. Okay, yeah. And, uh, you know, in the, after the eighth inning, somebody goes, oh, this is going to be your new closer. And I'm like... The guy, Liam, literally won closer of the year last year. He's been one of the, the best relievers in baseball in the last three years. What are you talking about? How short-minded are you? Yeah, for the American League, I 100% agree with you, man. American League, the best closer in the American League, in my opinion. Rysdale Iglesias is a close second. And then Josh Hader, best in the National League. But he's a top three closer in baseball. Absolutely. Down. It's it's Hader or Hendricks, and that's it. That's like there there's nothing at, at the top of their game that is as good as those two relievers. But no, yeah. Like we talked about the negative for the White Sox and we've talked about the positive. But who are guys that you're looking to see breakout? Breakout? Not oh. like they not like they haven't been good or Okay, well I'll tell past, you I think somebody who you think's gonna really start heating up sooner rather than later. 
you're going to laugh at this one, but I actually I, I feel pretty confident about this, is Josh Harrison. I actually think he's going to start getting some base hits pretty soon here. He's a, he's a really good contact hitter. I've seen his whole career. I was a big Pirates fan growing up my whole life. So I've seen a lot of him, and he's been on a lot of good teams. He's had the track record of being a really good hitter too. So don't worry about it for him more than I... I, I worry more about Larray Garcia than I do Josh Harrison, and there's a lot of people who have written them both off. I think Josh Harrison's going to be a pretty decent player, and I think the hits are going to start coming for him pretty soon. I like that pick for you, AJ. Uh, that's solid for sure. And then uh, for me personally, I don't know how you'll feel about this, but I think it's going to be Luis Robert. I know okay, he yeah, started he the year great, but then he turned off. But I think he's going to turn up, but like really turn things on. Um, uh, I... Maybe I'm wrong for this. A lot of White Sox fans might not agree with me, but I'm I'm concerned for Sheets. I I have like actual concern. I don't I don't think he's really that good, and I think if he underperforms, they won't even have a, any suitors for him trade wise. I don't know. That's interesting. In in that that last series against the Angels, he was one for fifteen. That's ugly. That's mm-hmm. hard to look at. Outside of that. Not a good start to the season for him. And last year was a really small sample size for us to be like, oh, he's somebody who's going to be a trade piece. I hope to see him turn it around because he was really good in the time that we did see him last year. And that was situationally, and they kind of put him in positions where he was more likely to succeed. If that makes sense, you know what I'm saying? I know he's a power hitter, and he's lefty, and he's kind of important to the team. But right now— One I'm home a, run. Uh, yeah, he has one home run batting two twenty four. How many doubles? Can, do you see that right I, now? I, I can't. No? I, I just pulled up his thing right here. Uh, doubles. Okay. He has three. Three doubles. Yeah, nine. So he's not really slugging. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, his slugging percentage is four fifty. Oh, it is? I mean, that's not bad. Yeah. Uh, three doubles and a homer and nine hits. Wait. Yeah. Yeah, he only... Oh, no. Oh, that's his spring training. I was going to say, 450 slugging. No, so he has two doubles and one homer, batting 224. Yeah, it's just not good. His slugging percentage is 310. Comparable to last year, which was like 450-500, so that's not... His, 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 yeah, his slugging percentage last year was 506. Um, I mean, I, he hit 11 home runs, batting 250 last year. Hit 40 hits and 160 at-bats. He has 60 at-bats this year with 13 hits. So maybe he's kind of on that same pace, but I still don't even think that's that very good. No, yeah. I'd, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Gavin Sheets if he just ends up being somebody who you move for absolutely nothing or if he can end up producing come this month in June and be somebody we move on from or use as somebody who's just a super platoon, big power bat. But All right, so... Got a couple more minutes left here. Two minutes left. Uh, two things I want to talk about. One, Tim Rowling, power bat. That four home runs already. That that's a that's a very good sign for him when he's swinging a hot bat. I love that he's swinging at first pitch, going for that because everybody everybody preaches now. You got to get ahead. What's your first pitch strike percentage? Right, like that's a big deal now. So Tim is like, well, if you're going to throw me a first pitch strike every time, I'm just might as well swing for the fences on that first pitch. And yeah, he's four home he's runs. Successful with it, yeah, yeah. absolutely. For Tim, uh, it's awesome to see, especially considering he's still hitting in the three twenties. Mm-hmm. Well, he's also got the power, so it's like with other guys not really having power because of the baseball this year, which is a conversation we can maybe have about. Oh, is it different because power's gone down drastically the last couple seasons? But um, overall, Tim's really been able to get the bat to the ball. He's had a little bit of power here, and he's also been able to steal a few bags already this season, which is awesome to see. So, overall, White Sox are 10-13 and 13 as we uh, leave this episode going into the next one. We're obviously going into the MLB segment, but we are going to be having Yohan Moncada come back pr- uh, for this next series, hopefully. Uh, what are you expecting from Yohan? Hopefully a, a game-changer, actually, probably in like the sixth hole. A great glove at third base. He'll be definitely a game-changer, and as well as another guy coming back hopefully pretty soon. Cueto's making a start tonight. In AAA, so I think it's his last one, and I think he'll be coming up pretty soon here. Yeah, so coming into our next, I, I think, I think, I think Yoan's going to be up this weekend for Boston. I agree. We should be seeing Yoan for Boston. So going into our next episode, you can uh, be expecting to see Yoan in this next series. Uh, uh, Johnny Cueto hopefully coming up soon, as well as Joe Kelly, who's made uh, started his rehab assignment a few days back. All right, really quick, a few words. What do you got here? 
Cease Cy Young. Is Cease he going Cy to Young. be in contention? I buy for top five. Mm-hmm. Yes or no? Yes. Amen to that, brother. I think the strikeouts and the ERA will put him in contention. All right, I anyway. I agree. Anyway, for the first time in history, these four teams are leading their divisions at the same time. Stay tuned to find out who it is at the go-ahead. This is your home for sports. Long-time fans. Sports is like life. SportstownChicago.com. What's up, Chicago? If you're ever, and I mean ever, out looking for good urban food 24-7, come down to White Palace Grill located 1159 South Canal Street in Chicago. White Palace Grill is open 365 days a year since 1939. I personally love the steak and egg dinner, but whether you like burgers for breakfast, steak for lunch, or French toast for dinner, White Palace is the place for you. The diner is a 24-hour urban oasis. Come now. Come later. Hey, come now in later. We never close at White Palace Grill located 1159 South Canal Street in Chicago. Visit us at whitepalace.com or order with Uber Eat or Grubhub anytime, any day. Daddy, when you look at me, I can see a wheels turning. About what am I going to be when I grow up? A major equal spaceman? Maybe a point guard for a national champion. The odds of a child becoming a professional athlete are 1 in 16,000. Far-fetched? Maybe. But did you know the odds of a child being diagnosed with autism are 1 in 166? That's right, 1 in 166. To learn the signs of autism, go to AutismSpeaks.org. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Go to Lux Barbershop for the best barbers and stylists in Plainfield, Illinois. I go there when I have an important event, date, or I just want to look good. The straight razor shave will have you looking fresh and smooth. Lux Barbershop is open seven days a week. Go to Lux Barbershop for the finest barbers, stylists, braiders, and massage therapists in the southern suburbs. Check out all their daily deals on Facebook, Instagram, and LuxBarbershop.com. This is Joe Perry and Steven Tyler of Aerosmith for Red. You know, it's okay to rock and roll and party down. Just don't get in that 2,000-pound bullet when you're done and cocked. And please don't drink and drive. Someone that jaded you. A reminder that friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service message brought to you by the Ad Council, U.S. Department of Transportation, National Association of Broadcasters, and RAD. The Chicago Dogs are back on SportsDownChicago.com. Tune into the season opener against the Sioux City Explorers Friday, May 28th at Impact Field in Rosemont. First pitch at 7.05 p.m. Hear all the action right here on SportsDownChicago.com. one Launch to left field. Back goes Verdugo. He's going to run out of room. Home run number one for Spencer Torkelson. A two-run shot here in the seventh. Welcome back to the go-ahead. I'm AJ Freeze. And I'm Will Shoemaker. And uh, a quick shout-out to AT&T Sportsnet Southwest, Valley Sports Detroit, Wisconsin, and San Diego for that intro there. Uh, So now we're going to be talking about some baseball. And the question I asked you before we left for the break there, um, the the first time in history that these four teams are all winning the division at the same time, it is the two New York teams and the two Los Angeles teams. The Mets and the Yankees and the Angels and the Dodgers are all currently winning their divisions for the first time all together in history. So, Will, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, that's definitely crazy to think about because uh, all those teams, long-standing teams, you'd figure at some point in some season they'd all be top dog. But turns out, it's just happening now, but uh, you think about those two cities. Those are the biggest cities in sports, maybe not necessarily. Well, even for baseball, too, yeah, Dodgers, Yankees, Mets. But um, the only team really holding back that happening, I feel like, at least for the last 10 years, is the Angels because they haven't really been a competitive team. During the last 10 years, you've seen the Yankees be a good team as well as the Dodgers, and then the Mets had that World Series run, and then outside of that, they're always spending money. 
So, but it's definitely awesome to see this, and it's a great start for a lot of teams that have been big spenders in the last offseason. So maybe this will convince other teams to be like, hey, time to spend more than $35 million on our team this year. <laughs> yeah, no. Shout out the Indians and Pirates. <laughs> sorry, be, Pirates yeah, fans. No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, anyway, so uh, talking about those teams in general, uh, the Mets... Ha- do they still have the best record in baseball? Yes, they do. So we'll, we'll talk about the Mets first and them having the best record in baseball. Currently, they are down 7-1 to the Braves, but they have been rolling and they've won that series against the Braves. Uh, so what are, your, what are your thoughts on how the Mets have started this season, Will? Um, an exceptional start so far for the New York Mets. 18-8. and eight. Uh, They've been great both at home and on the road. 9-4, and 9-4, and four, both on at home and away. Um, the run differential is one of the top in baseball so far this season. Just a really great start to the season, especially considering they're missing their number one guy, Jacob deGrom. But yeah. the guys they acquired, been awesome to watch. Canna's been solid doing what he does, getting on base, being a good glove. Marte's been great. Lindor's stepping up considering how bad his year was last year after that big contract. Mm-hmm. So for how much money this team's worth, they're stepping up. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um Bullpen still has a little bit to be desired. Uh, Trevor May has been struggling somewhat. Like I mean, I don't know if you saw his, his last outing. He got he got pretty messed up, pretty good. Rocked, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm the, a fan of his. So, that so I was watching it, and the Mets broadcaster goes, "He said to us, you know, he uses different pitches of how he's feeling. He's not feeling any pitches recently, is what he told us." <laughs> Man. And he's pitching in like a one-run game, and he gave up like four runs. So the confidence is pretty much gone for him too. He's—I don't know what they got to do to figure him out right now, but uh, just in general, that bullpen has a little bit to be desired. You know, Edwin Diaz has great performances. He has done very well this season so far. Um, but there's sometimes he blows up. It's always a question mark when he puts his hand in the air for the fly ball, and then yep. maybe it turns out to be a home run, lose he, the game. He but loves doing that. of the time it works out, but then the times that it's obviously on television and he's pointing up and it's a walk-off home run doesn't look very good. But no, uh, overall, Trevor May for that team hasn't looked too good this season. He's currently injured. Outside of that, though, great performances so far for that team. And then on the other side of New New York, we're seeing the New York Yankees go so far to as an 11-game win streak, similar to what they did last year in August and September. Yeah, but it's really nice to have an 11-game win streak to start this season. Get yourself ahead and settled in at least a little bit that you can at least prepare for when the bats are going to go cold. So use them while they're hot. Get as many wins as you can. You know, Abuse it when you need some dog. When you need them for the dog days. No, yeah, I 100% agree. You think about it, though, 11 games in a row that they win, and they're still only three and a half games up. And then yeah, the team behind crazy. them is four games but it's not as crazy as it once was. Hear me out. This time last year, we had the four-team race, right? Okay, yeah, and yeah. And this year, Boston's fallen out of the race because Chris Sale, and they lost Kyle Schwarber. You think Boston's going to be completely out? I think Boston's just struggling right now, but I think that offense is way too good, and in June, they're going to have James Paxton and Chris Sale back. That's true. I'm not going to... I don't think you can count them out. I'm not going to count them out if they don't turn things around and everyone else in the division continues to kind of go forward, they're going to need to do what they did last year, which was, like, they came out of the gates gung-ho. They're going to need to come out of June gung-ho once they get some of those guys back. The reinforcements. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty tough rotationally-wise right now. Um, I mean, Tanner Houck is fantastic, but um, uh, some of the other guys, you know, of all these not really, like, an answer – if you know what I mean. Not Mr. Consistency, definitely. Uh, so anyway, uh, speaking of the Mets and Yankees, I'm going to ask this question to you guys and at the at the go-ahead one on Twitter. Who's better, Mets or Yankees? Who has the better team this year? For me, it's the New York Mets. I'm going to go with the Mets based solely on the rotation. I think the rotation just blows it all away for me because it's going to be tough to beat in a seven-game series that you have – Scherzer, Bassett, and DeGrom, and you could probably ask them to just pitch out the whole series. No, I I agree with you there, definitely. With that rotation, and then you also consider the fact that 
the Yankees kind of calling card is their offense. Yeah. And offensively, I don't consider them far and above the Mets. Because the Mets, no, do I think have, the Mets have a do have a pretty good offense, though. They have a formidable, comparable offense to the Yankees, with the Yankees' big thing being their yeah. The offense, offense, the offense for the Yankees though has been insane. Obviously, in Aaron Rizzo Judge has been with, unbelievable to start the season. Well, talk about Rizzo, oh, Rizzo, my Come boy, on. Anthony Rizzo. Oh my lord, that guy's got nine home runs. Yeah, nine home runs. He stepped up for like twenty some odd RBIs now this year. He's been huge for the uh, New York Yankees in the start that they've had this year. Definitely. Yeah, and uh, how about how about them pretty much showing the move off of uh, Rizzo over Voight, and that has worked out absolutely tremendously. Yeah, Voight performed well in spring training in like the first week of the year. Hurt yeah. again. Yeah, that's hurt. been his no, just story. The, of his the mo, the mo, and uh, no, it looks like a great call for New York. I mean, they're just pretty much shoving in their face with every home run he hits. I agree. And then this is going to sound kind of silly, but there was a New York Yankees uh, Instagram fan page that posted a uh, like a picture of uh, the statistics for the three guys, and currently the other two both have like two home runs and like eight RBIs or ten RBIs. I'm talking about Matt Olson and Freddie Freeman, mm-hmm. and then. Rizzo's done what he's done, and they're like, the Yankees won the offseason. And it's like, I wouldn't go so far as no. to say that with what the Braves got with um, Olsen and then what the Dodgers got in Freeman. But definitely good start for the Yankees. All right, so let's flip out to the other side of the two uh, Los Angeles teams. Um, which one do you want to go first? Uh, I suppose we can hit the Angels really quickly. Angels 15-10. and 10. Um, They've had a great start to the year. Um Solid series against the White Sox went two and two, but I did see that there's been an injury for uh, Shohei. If I'm oh, not mistaken, I, did, I didn't. I'm, I have not noticed that actually. Or maybe it was like a day to day thing. I might be mistaken. Because was he in that White Sox series completely? Um, no. Sho- Shohei was batting the whole time. Okay, he didn't pitch okay. in that series though. Okay, he homered. So did Trout in the series. Rendon didn't hit a home run, but he had a, a game where he had two doubles and a couple RBIs. Yeah, but for the Angels, uh, what I'm going to need from them to continue this is Rendon's going to need to step up overall. And then outside of that, just consistency from pitching. And then I don't know, man. I feel like overall it might be Seattle's division. Seattle really? or Houston. I, I, still, I would go Angels... Angels, Astros, Mariners, but I think the Angels have always managed to fumble the bag. That's all I gotta say. I know, but I think, I think their pitching is deep enough. I think their closer is elite enough, and I think their lineup is really, really good. Taylor Ward uh, ha- has shown that he's going to be a pretty solid player. And Mike Trout's been Mike Trout. Mike Trout's been Mike Trout. Rendon has been kind of somewhat slow, but he's had some really good games. Uh, he's hitting the ball pretty hard. Um, obviously, Shohei's doing his thing on both sides. Syndergaard has looked fantastic pitching. Um, I, I, I think they got a shot at, at, at this division. I really do. That's fair. And then how about over on the other end of the West Coast in the National League? We've got the Los Angeles Dodgers currently sporting a 15-7 and record, and they are a half game up on San Diego. Um. Business as usual, or yeah, I mean, there's they're they're going to win a hundred games at least at the minimum, bare minimum. Yeah, I mean, with what uh, their manager said in the uh, off season, uh, David Roberts, he said World Series are bust, which is, I mean, with the salary they have and how good they are. Yeah, that I mean, that's, that's it. Ex- that's expectation. it. Expectation. That is the expectations for the Los Angeles Dodgers, and it's the expectations for the entire league and every fan. Oh, for every fan, definitely. But I wouldn't make the argument that Joey Votto's going into game 24 thinking Cincinnati for the World Series with this 3-20 and record so far. Embarrassing. Yeah, an abysmal start for them. That's yeah. the opposite end of we look at the positives with the New York and the L.A. teams. Then we just quickly have to sprinkle in Cincinnati 3-20. and Oof. Yeah, poor Joey Votto. Poor Reds fans. And I'm sorry if there's any Reds fans listening to this. Um, your franchise is currently a joke, so I'm I'm really sorry about. At least that you one. got the Bengals. At least you have Joe Burrow. Joey Burrow. 
All righty. Well, that'll wrap it up for us here at the Go Ahead. It's been a great time. I'm AJ Freeze. And I'm Will Shoemaker. We'll catch you next week at the same time. Peace. This is your home for sports. This is the best fans in the world. No, no better team. SportstownChicago.com. Are you ready for this? Valley View Automotive has all of the hottest SUVs you've been looking for. Enjoy a test drive and the opportunity to drive one of these powerful vehicles off the lot for half the price. Yes, half the price. Now's the time to get yourself to Valley View by car, on foot, or even by air to take advantage of this outrageous sale. You better get here quickly because this promotion is only going on for 24 hours and the automobiles are leaving the lot faster than you can say four-wheel drive. Valley View Automotive.